What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome back to the Hollow Sky Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Steven. And Kyle. Great to be here, Hollow Cult. It's another fabulous Monday morning. Uh, we hope this episode kickstarts your week to something awesome. Uh, I did some research on a meteorological anomaly that I think will be quite interesting. You'll get the pun when we get into the meat of the show. But it was pretty cool looking it up. Uh, it's it's going to be an interesting time. But before we get into that, we got to get through some business. Um, check us out at all our socials. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Reddit, Discord. Search up the Hollow Sky Podcast. Come and hang out with us. You know the drill. We also have a very important uh, event coming up in October. It is the Fortean Airwaves podcast conference. It is going to be an awesome time. Live podcast, podcast panels, meet and greets, and a Sunday pancake breakfast. The full weekend event is a $50. We're going to have a cash bar there. Uh, there's going to be special room rates available. That is October 6th, 7th, and 8th. It's located at the Inn in Ohio Northern University. That's 401 West College Avenue, Ada, Ohio. Going to be a whole cool lineup of podcasts. Uh, it's going to be us, Kill the Mockingbirds, uh, Appalachia Intelligence, Cryptids of the Corn, um, the Uncomfortable Podcast, and I think is the Bump Podcast back on? I believe so, yeah. And the Bump Podcast, so that's, what, six of us now? Uh, it's definitely going to be a good time. So if you're interested in that, plan ahead. There is a uh, hotel connected to the venue. The QR codes we posted up on all of the socials, you can scan it and book there. It's limited seats available, only 200. Uh, when I talked to Eric, there were still plenty of spots left. So we're hoping that this is a success because it's going to be the predecessor as to whether or not this kind of thing moves forward. We, by we, I mean Eric and uh, the Crypto of the Corn guys, they're kind of the ones behind this. They want to, if this is a success, they want to be able to move this kind of across the country as we go. Uh, it's going to start out in Ohio, then maybe it'll be in St. Louis, then maybe it'll be in somewhere on the East Coast, somewhere on the West Coast, but it kind of depends on how much interest we drive for this. So if you're interested, please grab a ticket. Uh, it's going to be a good time. It's just a podcast conference for podcast listeners. Uh, should be should be pretty dope. If you have a paranormal experience you'd like for us to feature on a future show, Kyle has some info that you're going to want. You can write your story out and email the show. You can also record yourself with voice memo apps or your cell phone in any way, shape, or form. Shoot that over to the email, which is going to be holoskypodcast at gmail.com. You can also call or text the holophone, which is going to be 618-556-0837. That's also the exact same number 
that you can call in the night shift and talk to us live, share your experiences, comment on the show, whatever, hang out with us, have a great time. It's usually pretty awesome. Wednesday nights, we always end up having a good time and stumble onto some very strange conversations. For sure. It's it's always fun. Love interacting with the Hollow Cult in the chat on Wednesdays. If you would like to support the show, there are plenty of ways for you to do it. We have our web store up at hollowskypodcast.com. Go and check that out. It's freshly restocked with some new shirts. we got a bunch of uh, stickers reloaded in there. So if you're into that kind of thing, go and check it out. We have a Patreon. You can go look at that, see if you're interested in any of our extra content. We got probably 50 or 60 extra shows over there um, and some goodies you can pick up depending on what tier you're in. We got ad-free episodes every week, all kinds of good stuff at Patreon. We have a Venmo if you'd like to throw us some pocket change for our monster fund to support all of our bad habits. We appreciate that as well. Best thing you can do is share the show. Share the show word of mouth. Share it on social media. Uh, Just keep the Hollow Sky podcast name going out there and keep increasing the Hollow Cult because the more listeners we get, the more opportunities we have to put out more content. You can also go to your podcatcher wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a five-star rating and review. When I find it, I will gladly shout you out. Like I've said before, um, especially on our Apple, it'll only notify us of U.S. ratings, so I have to go dig a little bit, which is where I found this one. Today, our five-star rating and review comes from our friend HD460 from Canada, our northern counterpart. HD 460 says, cool, five stars. These guys have great conversations about interesting subjects. First heard on the confessionals with Tony Merkel. Love the laid back, just having a conversation flow. Well, HD 460, we love having you here to listen to our conversation. Thanks so much for leaving the five-star rating and the kind words. Uh, Love hearing them. The five stars help kind of push the podcast up into uh different tiers of making it easy for people to find us so it definitely definitely helps out today's listener experience the day kyle has so we're changing it up a little bit here i do have it he said this one is gonna be pretty dope it's awesome it's relevant uh i think everybody's gonna like it It, it's short and sweet but it gives you the heebie-jeebies for sure um for the heebie-jeebies before I get to that though. I do want to shout out because um, we we don't do it enough. Uh, everybody knows as you get older, you get busier with life. Um, but I do want to take the time to not only express our gratitude, but to express how proud we are of you, uh, our little brother Josh. We sponsor him as a as a fighter, a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu fighter. And hopefully in the near future, we'll be able to financially support him on his endeavors. But that dude is 36 years old. He has a full-time job. He's got three kids. He's married. He has all the responsibilities that every one of us has. And that dude is once again going to the world stage to compete with some of the greats, you know, from camps like Eddie Bravo. Everybody knows who Eddie Bravo is. He hangs out with Tripoli all the time. Um, him and his wife are are that dedicated. So we just want to express how proud we are of you and you, how much you inspire everyone around you. So for that, we say thank you, and we just couldn't be happier that you're out there doing what you love and just killing the game, man. Hell yeah. Keep grinding out there, brother. We're we're watching, man. We're pulling for, for sure. You. For sure. But get that little sappiness out of the way. <laughs> um, yeah, so just loosely checking through the, the holophone here and stumble on this. So it says, Hey boys, sorry to send a message at this hour, but I just had to get this information to y'all. I was just listening to the most recent episode, the Ouija board one. My nephew used to have an imaginary friend when he was five or six. This quote-unquote friend would follow him everywhere. Anytime he got in trouble for doing anything, 
he always said he did it because his quote unquote friend told him to. Now, when I heard this, I assumed, you know, typical kid shit, shift the blame so you don't get into trouble. Well, he stayed the night at my wife's grandparents' house one night. He said his friend would come into the house or wouldn't come into the house and wanted him to go outside. This was at three o'clock in the morning. They told him no and looked outside. What they described to me can only be explained as saying it looked like a fucking dragon. My wife's grandparents are super religious, so they ended up going outside and started rebuking this motherfucker. Now, what made me reach out to tell you all this is the entity called itself Jake. When I heard you all say that, or that's what the, the Ouija board entity was called, I got the biggest chills I have ever had. That's strange. Weird, right? That is strange. Super weird. Because I used... Go ahead. I'm just going to say it's it's super crazy because that thing wouldn't show its face in the grandparents' house, most likely because they were ultra-religious. And they were actually able to see this thing. And, you know, the, the dragon description comes from what was described to the submitter there. He didn't go full on into how they described it, but regardless, uh, and even in the, the grandparents went on the attack. Like they actually went outside at three o'clock in the morning, most likely in their jammies and started rebuking this thing, telling to get the fuck out of here. Ready to throw down. Right, dude. That's crazy. I definitely listener. If you're listening, we definitely want to know what this thing looked like. If you've got more details, shoot it back to the the holophone. Because I'm curious when you said dragon, I'm I'm I got some curiosity peeking. Uh but I too had an imaginary friend when I was little. Gross. Yeah, I can't remember its name. David or Jason, something like that. But he used to live in the television. Yeah, I remember this. This is really disgusting. Yeah, my mom would say it was when I was a little, probably three or younger. So, I have, you know, just being a weird little kid, I would sit. I had this little like plastic table and chairs that I would like sit in front of the television. I'd like eat my dinner, and mom would say I would just sit there and I would talk to the static of the television. That's and so weird. my oldest boy, Everett, also had a imaginary friend when he was young. Um, and it was strange. He would talk about how it had blue skin and green hair and how he lived in a pond at a farm, lived under a pond at a farm. And he always wanted me to go there, wanted me to drive there. Let's go, let's go, let's go. I never would. I'd never like go for it and see. But then I started like making connections. Like what if someone drowned? I would explain the blue skin and like if they were still down there, the moss growing could explain the green hair. Had me all all sorts of something. But yes, uh, we appreciate the uh, submission and definitely hit us back up and let us know uh, what the details of that creature are. Like, did it just have the face of a dragon? Was it the whole like... Smaug, giant dragon with the wings and breathing fire. I'm very, very curious as to what exactly your grandparents seen and what your uh, little brother was interacting with. And the fact that its name was Jake. Bizarre. That's, that's weird. I need to look into that and see if there's any correlation between anything malicious and the name. Could be. Especially... Well, I, I mean, I guess the kid didn't mess with the Ouija board, but I'm sure you could connect that, connect the dots, you know, start yeah. digging around to see if there's any connections between evil entities and Jake it's, through Ouija boards. It's definitely weird. All right, Hollow Cult. We're ready to get it. Let's go. So this might be one of the weirdest cases that I've ever looked into, and it is another old one. It's almost 150 years old. So a lot of the information you're pulling from old sources of newspapers and whatnot, right? So 
all of my sources I looked to pretty much had the same information. Uh, Hysteria 51 podcast covered it. I looked into uh, Scientific America, did a uh, good article on it. Uh, Popular Mechanics did one. The New York Times had one. I had a whole bunch of sources, but pretty much all the information was the same. Granted, some a little snippets of other information here and there. But that being said, today we are going to look into the Kentucky Meat Shower. <laughs> I love the I name already. Thinking. I know what you Love you're the name. I'm just going to forewarn you do not Urban Dictionary connect. Kentucky meat shower because it's not the same thing that I'm talking about right now. Oh, I didn't know there was an actually thing. Oh, there's some things. Oh, cool. This Kentucky meat shower is not a moonshine filled orgy in the forests of Kentucky. It is something different. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting to say that all day. Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> so, our meat shower takes place in Bath County, Kentucky on March 3rd, 1876. So the case is almost 150 years old. Uh, it was on the Crouch family farm in Olympia Springs. They just started this. The day started out the same as any other day. The family was out doing their chores. Uh, the matriarch of the family, Mrs. Crouch, was out making soap while her husband and her son were out in town grabbing some supplies. So as she was making soap, it was about almost noon, probably 1130. Uh, nothing really notable about the sky. She said it was clear. There weren't any clouds and there was a light breeze when all of a sudden out of nowhere, it began raining, but not raining water. It was raining meat. Actual chunks of flesh were falling from the sky. The strange incident immediately was confirmed by Crouch's grandson, who ran from the backyard yelling something in the area of Grandma, it's snowing. Considering the time period, Miss Crouch immediately thought this to be some weird sort of like a sign or a punishment from God. She even made a statement to a reporter that she was worried that, quote, her husband and son who were away had been torn to pieces and their remains were being brought home by the wind. So that's a very demented way of observing the situation. Yeah. Um, I was kind of caught off guard by that. That's why I made this little note here. I'm not sure what the Crouch family was up to, but uh, meat rain seems like an interesting form of punishment from God. Yeah. 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 That's another very good observation. That, <laughs> like, what, what were you doing that, that, that would ended up being your conclusion? Very, very curious. So the meat shower spanned for several minutes between 11 a.m. and 12 p.m. And by the time the shower concluded, an area of the farm almost the size of a football field was covered with meat. It was everywhere, on top of the house, hanging from the trees, hung up on their fence. There was so much meat, they said it could, quote, or it was enough to fill a horse wagon. I don't know what that consists of. I'm not sure what unit of measurement a horse wagon is. So me either. Uh, it sounds like a lot though. Yeah. You know, enough for the, the football sized area. I'm always super fascinated with these stories of things falling from the sky. <laughs> and actually it does remind me of it kind of happens in the movie. Nope. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. The, the UFO well, on the occasion regurgitate things and spit it out. I like it. It's fucking, it's a weird movie, dude. I'll have to check it out. If my it's, internet it's ever gets fixed. A lot of people bashed it, but I kind of enjoyed it for what it was. It was a way different take on, on UFOs. I'll have to check it out because there, there are a lot of cases similar to this. I was going to do an episode on strange weather, but I figured I could probably squeeze one out on the meat shower by itself. And I mean, it's a meat shower, so Dude, it's weird as fuck. I know Keel kind of uh, had some of his own theories and hypothesis as to these weird showers. Like, were there possible uh, UFO motherships essentially spilling the shit back down? There was, there was a whole bunch of stuff. But back to the meat. That would be like that'd be like from Joe Dirt. Yeah, yeah. Whenever the, the meteor falls to Earth and it's just a frozen hunk of poopy. Meteor, meat deer. 
Puns for days. Me- <laughs> yeah, that's my pun from the opener. Meteorological. Meteorological. There you go. There you go. All right. Now we get it. Now we understand it. Back to the meat of the story. Mrs. Crouch stated the meat looked like beef that fell around her. The sky was perfectly clear at the time and it fell around me like snowflakes. She also stated the size of the meat ranged from small snowflakes to larger four inch strips, some as big as her hand. They were clearly frightened at the occurrence, but luckily their pet cat, who was not named in the article, runs out from their home and begins eating the sky beef. Oh, yeah. Which at first startled the crouches, but as they saw that the meat wasn't negatively affecting the cat, they became a little less worried. Also, they ate it. Oh, bro. We're getting there. (laughs) Good. And also, real quick point here. This lady's crazy. Meat falling from the sky and she equates it to falling like snow. What kind of (laughs) fucking snow were you having? Meat snow. My lord. Four inch strips of steak falling down from the sky. Look, it looks like snow, Steve. I love how she goes from, oh, it might be my husband and my son's bodies to being like, well, I mean, it's falling like snowflakes, so it's probably not that bad. Yeah, and the cat's eating it, so. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The absolute goriness of the entire scene, I guess, was also of no concern to their pigs, chickens, and family dog, all of whom, quote, had been eating the meat freely and seemed to like it well, according to Mrs. Crouch. The dog did suspiciously fall ill ill sometime later that month. Well, I was going to say that, too. Uh, Obviously, you're not the most intelligent of people if you equate safe within the first 30 seconds of consuming something. Yeah, you know, the, got sick, the cat takes three bites and then it's still alive. And they're like, well, I mean, it must be all right to eat them. Let's just go ahead and have some. Yeah. I mean, dogs eat their own shit. So it's weird. <laughs> it didn't. <laughs> true. It didn't take long for the news of the mystery meat to spread across the uh, town and the country for that matter. Uh, Flesh descending in a shower was a New York Times headline the following week. The New York Herald uh, sent a reporter from Louisville up to investigate the matter. The reporter, who was unnamed, uh, went all around town trying to gain as many details about the incidents as he could. Of course, he got a lot of information from the Crouches themselves. Miss Crouch had bolted bolted inside not long after the meat shower began, she guessed that at least a half a bushel, four gallons of meaty bits had fallen in and around their front porch alone. When Mr. Crouch returned home later that day, he surveyed the carnage, which affected roughly an acre of land. In this specific article, I wonder what the comparison from an acre to a uh, football field is, how close they are. No, I feel like an acre. I don't know. Yeah. He also stated that the fences were flecked with tissue and stained with what looked like blood. Uh, Back at the Crouch resident, a local named Harrison Gill, whose uh, veracity was described as unquestionable. So he was very reputable in the um, community, visited the day after the alleged flesh had fallen and noticed the presence of meat sticking out of the fences and scattered across the ground. At least one hunk measured 10 centimeters square, but most were 5 by 5 centimeters. They were apparently fresh when they fell, but having been left out all night, they were now spoiled and dry. Mr. Crouch collected a large number number of samples and handed them off to Gill, who preserved them in alcohol. Here you go, Kyle. Other chunks ended up in the mouths of other locals. Like 27-year-old butcher L.C. Frizz Frisbee in the nearby city of Mount Sterling. <laughs> Jeez. So this is a quote from Frizz Frisbee. Several persons told me it was a dangerous experiment, but I told them my constitution could stand as much of it as a rooster's or a cat's. So he said, don't tell me not to eat this sky meat. If the cat can eat it, I can too. I mean, that's pretty sound logic. Yeah. And your name's Frizz Frisbee. Who's going to, who's going to argue? Yeah. There's, there's not much, there's not a whole lot 
of square footage difference between an acre and a football field. Oh, cool. It looks like a football field is 57,000 square feet. An acre is roughly 43,000 square feet. Hmm. That's, that's, so, that's I mean, pretty close. Yeah, it's not, not too far off of each other. Uh, yeah, I just feel like it's not the most intelligent of moves to eat meat that has fallen from the sky. Because you legitimately know nothing about its origins. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I just... And and imagine, imagine, let's just pretend that's real. Let's pretend it did come from a UFO and they just plopped it all over the land. Essentially, imagine being in that UFO and going, look at these dumbasses eating what we we consider waste. Delicious sky meat. And these these intelligent, conscious, soul-bearing beings are down there eating... Our shit, essentially. <laughs> or it could, oh, dude. the The implications of having a UFO connection, it could be people that had abducted. It could be yeah, cattle that abducted. It could be yes. anything. That's disgusting. Do better. <laughs> so our old friend uh, Frizz here wasn't as steel stomached as he thought he was, and kind of uh, bitched out a little bit and spit the meat out after. Quote, chewing it a little. He so told, he ate it raw. Yeah. I mean, as, as raw as it came out of the sky. Gross. He told I might have missed rep- that detail. I was, I was Googling there, but that's disgusting. <laughs> that yeah. is absolutely Stray- I'm, disgusting. I'm picturing it straight off the ground. Yeah. That's, that's no different than running over a squirrel and then going, oh, look, yummy, and then just start chewing on it. Yeah, except that you don't know where the meat came from and you don't know what it was. Yeah, exactly. It was worse. <laughs> he told the Herald he told the Herald reporter that he spit it out because, quote, a kind of milky, watery fluid oozed out of it. Well, that's normal. Though he likened the appearance to mutton and its texture to veal or lamb, he could not place a taste or odor to the mystery meat. Another local merchant named Joe Jordan also spit out his specimen that he tried which he said smelled like a dead body and leached a brown mucus when he bit into it. What the fuck? <laughs> the bro smelt it and said, God damn. Like a dead body. I'm this smells it. like a dead body. I wonder what it tastes like. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Bro, Kentucky that, wild. Kentucky oh my, is this on is another ridiculous. level. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And then it, then it starts spewing brown <laughs> liquid, which you know is not good. No. No, I'm gonna say that's not fresh. Whatever it no. fell from, not fresh. No, not at all. <laughs> I mean, it, like, valid point. If it smells like a dead body, you probably shouldn't be putting it in your mouth. No, no. Steve hit it on the head. Not fresh. Not fresh. Not Go, fresh. You live in. You live on a farm in Kentucky. Go butcher a hog and make some bacon. Don't eat, eat rotten anything. sky meat. Choose Gross. a fresher piece of sky meat. <laughs> Uh, we're, we're still going. Uh, like our friend uh, Frizz Frisbee, Reverend J.R. Nichols compared the meat to mutton, while C.J. Craig, another local, claimed it looked like a pounded beefsteak. A trapper, Mr. Benjamin Franklin Ellington, swore it was bear meat because of its greasy consistency. So there was a lot of people uh, trying out the old sky meat. It's disgusting. Even to today, Kentuckians have never sorted out the most important detail. What type of meat dropped from the sky? Historical documents show that uh, they have debated about this since the skyfall had happened. I added this in here, not that it's very important, but this dude is the OG, right? The Herald correspondent even tried to bribe an Irish railroad worker named Jimmy Welsh to sample a bite. And I even put the Jimmy's an OG in here. Jimmy being the OG that he was agreed to do it for a dollar. Well, <laughs> at least he's got his priorities straight. <laughs> I dare you to eat this. What do you give me for it? A dollar <laughs> deal. But Jimmy here kept finding ways to put off 
trying the tasty meat morsel that fell from the sky. Well, it's because they offered him a dollar. Oh, he, he's sweetening the deal, bud. He's sweetening the deal. Okay, okay. First, he told him, told the reporter that he needed some side dishes with the meat. Oh, shit. He's going hard. Then he said he needed some whiskey to wash yeah, it down. Well, na- naturally. So after he got all that, he claimed that he just wasn't hungry. And then the correspondent up up the ante a little bit. Uh oh. He said, Jimmy, get this, bud. What about three dollars? Oh, it's a done deal. Got that's it. a I triple that's going from a single dare to a triple dog dare. Just boom exactly. boom. Yeah. <laughs> he just you just skipped right past double going <laughs> going for the kill shot. I mean, at that point, you gotta do it. You have to. You can't After, say no to that. <laughs> Jimmy, after his uh, shots of whiskey and whatnot, realized that he had to be well well with the Lord and told the correspondent that he could not eat meat because it was Lent. Nice buns. Soft, fluffy, and ultra-low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra-low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O. So, Jimmy, OG Jimmy, got some snacks, got some drink, and didn't try the sky meat. So Good for him. He just pulled a fast one. He's the winner right now. Yeah, I was uh, exactly. Jimmy won. He tri- he duped him. Yeah. So we're going to get into theories now that the meat's already on the ground and everybody's kind of eating it. We're going to b- bounce right over here into theories. Uh, the first and foremost was that the entire incident was a hoax staged by Mrs. Crouch to frighten her husband into selling the farm. She's does like, not oh, sound logical at all. Gotta be a horrible sign from the god that we need to sell this because now it's covered in meat strips. Well, we just did the math, and bare minimum, you take the lesser of the two, an acre of meat. How many animals does it take to come up with an acre of meat? It's forty-three thousand square feet. Forty-three thousand square meats. Yes. And then simple math, she would have to put in a lot of work because she would have to completely pulverize the meat. She would have to uh, remove the animal skin to make it unnoticeable by anyone observing. Because if you left any type of flesh on it, they're going to know what it came from. Right. And she had to figure out some way to get it on top of everything. Yeah, well, there's that, and then in the trees. But you also are dealing with, because back in that time, I would imagine a lot of people had their own little farms with their own little animals. So I would assume most people would have a pretty general idea of what each meat would look like. and yeah. You know what I mean? Like I feel like it would be a little bit more common knowledge back then. That's a better way of putting it. Yeah, A little more common knowledge of what, the consistency and and text and texture and color the everything and and you Upset. got you got old boys just straight trying it like they're gonna yeah. know they're gonna know if it's bacon they're gonna know if it's uh, beef steak whatever they're gonna yeah. know and it that also, brings me the question I'll, like is it a testament to how hard ass these old boys were or just how dumb like I'll try it fuck it. I think dumb is the right answer. Well, yeah, those usually go hand in hand. Yeah, that's true. But the other thing, too, is with that much meat, you would obviously know if your farm animals were in lesser numbers. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, Yes. And that goes for anyone within the area. If they're, if it's not one cow. No, you're going to have to find, yeah, these, they have to come from somewhere. And especially back then when times were tough, everybody yeah. kept close eye on their animals and how many they had. Yeah. No, old, little old ladies out there just, I'm going to take a 
a duck from this guy. I'm going to take a cow from this guy. I'm going to come up with this giant elaborate plan of, because I want to move. I need a new house. Mama needs a new house. Uh, and this is how I'm going to do it. I love it. <laughs> so, so I'm essentially going to buy a wood chipper and put all my animals through a wood chipper and just spray it across the property. You're going to travel forward in time. Get a wood chipper. Then well, yeah, come exactly. back. Yeah. Miss, she, Miss, she invented the wood chipper ah, yes. and then de invented it before anybody knew. Yes. She she was a witty one, old Mrs. Crouch was. So as the Herald reporter started to bring forth this explanation about her hoaxing it, Mr. Crouch immediately began laughing at him because he already wanted to sell the damn farm. She didn't have to convince him. He was ready to roll. So that kind of put that fire out real quick. He's like, I, she didn't have to dump meat on the farm because I already don't like the farm. <laughs> and dumping meat from God onto the farm is not going to make people want to buy it. Yeah. Luckily, other people in the town also had a theory that okay. is probably a number one. That a passing balloonist was having a picnic lunch and the meat fell out of the basket. I mean, I think the case is solved. That's it. I'm stopping right there. You sure? Short and sweet, baby. You sure? Because logically, nothing else makes sense. It's. Uh, I was going to say before, I didn't want to keep interrupting you, but I was going to say. When you're like, the rest of the town had ideas. I wanted to be like, well, judging by the fact that everybody ate the meat, I'm sure these ideas are going to be mint. <laughs> the only thing that would have made it better is if someone would have drug a smoker out there and just started, like, slapping it on there. Would you be surprised, though? No, Kentucky is fucking wild. I know. <laughs> so, luckily, Mr. Crouch gathered up all those samples, and they started to make their way to laboratories, and less cool theories began to emerge. Uh -oh. uh, chemist J. Lawrence Smith told the New York Times that he believed that the shower was dried frog spawn, transported, quote, transported from the ponds and the swampy grounds by currents of wind. Uh, to some people who'd seen the debris and all of its uh, filthy glory, gory glory, I guess, um, it was not bought. They said, no, this is definitely not tadpoles and frog spawn yeah uh i, I need i need the buzzer yeah on my soundboard here because that's a shit idea whereas you you could go okay sure that works outside the fact that there are four inch strips flopping yes. around out there i'm sorry yeah. a tadpole is not four inches long and that kind of coincides with this one as well another explanation came three months later when someone called uh, Leopold Brandis received and analyzed some of the specimen that had been preserved in the alcohol mixture, <clears throat> he announced that the meat was not actually meat at all. Quote, at last we have a proper explanation for the much talked about phenomenon. It was reported in Scientific American that year. Quote, it has been comparatively easily to identify the substance and to fix its status. The Kentucky wonder is no more less than Nostock. What's Nostoc that? is a type of, I'm going to butcher these, so please feel free to leave bad reviews because of what I say, a uh, type of cyanobacteria that forms colonies surrounded by a protective gelatinous envelope. Nostoc is known to swell up into a translucent jelly-like mass whenever it rains. Because it's so inconspicuous when dry, for many years, people believed Nostoc to float on the breeze until it rained which caused it to fall from the sky, like hail. Colorful nicknames for Nostoc, such as Star Jelly, Witch's Butter, and Star Blubber, were also thrown around. Brandeis identified the Kentucky Nostoc as belonging to a species of Nostoc cranium, which he des described as flesh-colored in uh, another interview. But really, it just looked like the color of seaweed, and people who have tried it said it tastes like frog or chicken legs. He stated that it had ballooned up and fallen upon Crouch residence when it rained. But just as the other uh, theory, 
These are almost instantly debunked because everyone at the Crouch home and their neighbors confirmed that it did not rain that day and the sky was clear. Well, and if the... Was the Nasdaq... Didn't they say it had a, like a seaweed resemblance making it look like it's green? Yeah. Which... So it's like not no, the same? Not. Yeah, also, yeah. I, uh, I, I instantly wanted to take shots at the scientists because... He's like, alas, it is like he solved. made it sound like it was super easy to solve, and he did it relatively fast. And it's like, hey, asshole, it took you months <laughs> to come up with this theory. Like the you let it soak in alcohol for months, and you're like, oh, this was easy. I got this like first try, guys. <laughs> He's like, look Shut at you, up. look at you plebs out here chewing on the yeah. sky meat when it's really just this. You know exactly what that was. Which is jelly. That was some stupid, shitty scientist that has no name. And he's like, this is how I make a name for myself. I'm going to solve the Kentucky meat shower. The Kentucky wonder has been solved. Yeah. And Folks. I'm super, super smart. No, just stop. Yeah. 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 Don't be smart somewhere else. <laughs> the person who wrote this, I think this was for the, the one from a pop, popular mechanic. Just does good does good here he says fortunately brandy didn't play a completely useless role in the investigation because he had given a couple samples of mystery meat to experienced histologist and president of the newark scientific association dr a mead edwards so he really kind of put him in his place right off the rip yo scientist you are useless this is where it gets <laughs> weird okay dr mead edwards who examined it said it was likely the lung tissue of a human infant or a horse. Oh, no. Strange. That's fucked. Another. And how close are that? What? I don't how know. How close is the the? That seems like a pretty big stretch. You like, think so, unless all lungs are similar. Baby infant lungs or. Yeah, yeah. But he went from baby infant to horse. And you have to consider it's 150 years ago, so he was probably just looking at like hand-drawn pictures in some yeah. science books. Like, yeah, that I mean, that meat strip definitely looks like it could come from a baby or a horse. I hope not. Gosh dang it, I hope not. Another histologist, Dr. J.W.S. Arnold, studied the specimen and agreed, concluding in the American Journal of Microscopy and Popular Science that the meat consisted of some sort of animal cartilage and lung tissue. Eventually, seven samples were examined by several scientists who confirmed, confirmed two to be lung tissue, three to be muscular tissue, and two were said to be made of cartilage. Which, I mean, kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier about it could be just waste. Yeah. Like a byproduct of... uh I mean, assuming, you know, assuming going with the, the ET theory there, uh, a byproduct of experiments, which is just terrifying. Yeah, that's awful. So now we're wondering, uh, how did the flesh get here? If it's confirmed to be flesh of some sort, nobody knows how it got here. But this... Which played the hand in the, like, cattle mutilation I thing. thought about that. There, yeah, there's a bunch of organs and shit that go missing. Enter the man who came up with the best accepted explanation for the, quote, shower of quivering flesh uh, that we're probably ever going to get unless we can create a time machine and travel back in time to Kentucky and get a sample and sample it ourselves. Because any further forward movement on trying to figure out what this shit is has kind of came to a standstill. But this man's name is Dr. L.D. Kastenbein who wrote in an 1876 edition of the Louisville Medical News that it was quite literally a coordinated effort of vultures to projectile vomit over the Crouch's farm. I like this. I like this. Yep. Having obtained a sample of his own, Keston Bynes set fire to it and observed that it smelt distinctly of rancid mutton. Quote, the only plausible theory explanatory of this anomalous shower appears to 
to me to be that suggested by an old Ohio farmer, the disgorgement of some vultures that were sailing over the spot from their immense height. The particles were scattered by the prevailing winds over the ground. He wrote the variety of tissue discovered muscular, connective, fatty, structureless can be explained only by this theory. I mean, I agree because obviously vultures fly in mass flocks, you know, they do consume flesh. So right there, there's two for two. Yep. Right. Um, and they, they are spiteful. They're spiteful beings. They like to fly over stuff and they're like, Hey, that farm sucks. I'm gonna puke on it. <laughs> that's, that's what I would do. <laughs> Especially if she's making soap. And I did that notice is, like, that's gotta be like one of the shittiest theories I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> the, and anybody, I saw someone catch it in one of these articles I was reading, but she's making soap in Bath County. Mm-hmm. Conspiracy Ooh, thickens. That is. There's only two species of vultures that are found in Kentucky, the black vulture and the turkey vulture, both of which are known to projectile vomit their stomach contents away as either a defense mechanism or to make themselves light enough for flight. I love well, I mean, if you think about it. I feel that. Eating so much that you can't fly. Right. I get yes. it. I get it. Yeah. Likewise. But I mean, come on. Imagine the amount of vultures it would take it's, to do it's, that. It's pretty Furthermore, cool. or you're going to see one giant ass vulture flying through the sky, puking all over everything. <laughs> I hope it's one big vulture. <laughs> The Pisaw bird just taking yeah, a trip I mean, to Kentucky. He's pissed because he smells the cucumbery scent of old lady soap that she's making. And he's like, This is bullshit. And it pukes all over her property. And he's like, Now it smells great. Oh, man. now I fuck with this place. <laughs> it's going to be a vulture heaven now that it smells like oh dead my bodies. It's a good point. <laughs> and, and all the people of. Uh, Olympia Springs is like, joke's on you, Vulture. We're going to eat this. And yeah. Vulture's like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> <laughs> so this theory is the one that's held true and has recently been brought up again, uh, making it pretty much the leader in what people think caused this mysterious meat rain. Joel Walston of the Wildlife Conservation Society explains that when vultures get spooked, they have to take off quickly. This proves especially difficult after all they've just filled up on. Uh, with the flesh of decaying animals. Since meat proves heavy, they vomit to lighten the load. It's not uncommon for them to do this on the wing, sending rotting flesh raining back down to earth. The samples of meat still available from the event support this theory, although the source of the meat has still yet to be identified. So I kind of mowed my grass a little too early there. Enter Kurt Goad. Uh, He is an art... Uh, professor at Transylvania University in Lexington, Kentucky. He developed a fascination with trying to find an explanation for the meat shower that led him to explore books about the strange weather related experience while exploring old portraits in a school archive. Goad made the find of a lifetime, an antique jar containing a sample of meat suspended in a yellowish liquid. Based on the age of the jar and his previous research, he confirmed that this was an actual sample of flesh from the meat shower. He's quoted on talking about the uh, vulture theory. He said, I've always thought there were big holes in that theory because Mrs. Crouch said the meat fell from a clear blue sky and surely she would have noticed a flock of vultures of a quantity needed to fill a football-sized field with meat by vomiting. So Goad, being the uh, man of research he is, went on to look into this theory, and he's kind of coming back around to the uh, vulture explanation. What? Namely, that upon his research, he has found that they are known to fly up to 20,000 feet in altitude and in flocks or kettles of dozens to even hundreds of vultures in one of these kettles. I've never seen that. I was going to ask that if that was a thing because yep. I've never seen 
the vultures. Dude, the dude went and, ham. And numbers more than like eight. Yeah, he went ham on his research. If you drive the river road, interestingly enough, when you drive it like in a certain span of time, do you see all the vultures circling overhead? Oh, yeah. You can drive down there and there are hundreds of them there. And I read that the, the theory behind it is whenever one of the big uh, pandemics went through, I don't know if it was uh, Spanish fever or what it was, that the communities around here would take the bodies into the haulers and that the vultures would go and feed on them. So they made this an ingrained part here on the river road as uh, part of their migration travel. That's why they keep coming back every year. That's weird. How fucked is that? creepy they the i did not know i i guess i retract my statement i did not know that i didn't realize that they uh, ever flew in flocks that large because I've, I've never seen it uh that that gas station right there in grafton the mm-hmm. hollow the holler behind it is called crybaby hollow and yeah. they said it got its name from sick infants being put in there and people hearing them cry as they're just that's, that's horrible i don't know if it's true I'm just I hope not. Gosh dang. People hurting kids, you fucking suck. Yeah, don't feed the vultures. Okay. No. <laughs> but he oh, also is terrible. <laughs> so kudos to this guy for doing his vulture research because I, I probably would not have went that route. No, I would have said you're stupid. They can also scarf down pounds of flesh in mere minutes. In other words, it's completely possible that it was a giant kettle of vultures flying so high that Mrs. Crouch could not see them. And if they all got spooked to regurgitate, uh, regurgitate, regurgitate, <laughs> regurgitate the same amount or regurgitate at the same time, uh, it could essentially create a meat rain. So, okay. But let's, let's be real here. How high are clouds? I don't know. Pretty fucking high. I know jets, jets roll like 30,000 feet or 36,000 feet or some shit like that. Yeah. And we can see those. Wouldn't you think that you would still be able to see at least a mass of yeah, birds yeah. that, you know what I'm saying? And then what are the odds that the entire flock is like, Hey Steve, you wouldn't by chance have to puke. I, you know what? Actually I do. Oh no! What it is? Here's what it One is. One threw up, and they all started throwing up. That's it. That's it. Right there. That's exactly <laughs> what happened. That's exactly what happened. Uh huh. It, it caused a chain reaction, and mm. they all started puking all over everything. Meat. They're like, God damn it, Steve! Why did you have to puke, dude? Now I got to go find something else to eat. Oh, it's just over and over again. Meat rain reaction. So that's what it was. I mean, that's it. it's got to be it. He even states that the scientists that couldn't agree on whether it was muscle cartilage, fat, or something else would be because these vultures would have had different meals in their stomachs, and quite likely there were a handful of different meats mixed into the shower of flesh. Uh, Meats of various dead animals soaked in the acidic brine of a vulture stomach's digestive fluids. That sounds like a horrible thing to eat. And I made note that OG Jimmy Welsh definitely knew that's why he wouldn't eat it, not even for three fucking dollars. Right. Goad's study of the meat shower wasn't uh, confined to the eating habits and flying habits of vultures. In 2004, Atlas Obscura reports that he had officially found a surviving chunk buried in storage at Transylvania University, so he had it genetically tested. The test didn't reveal the animal and didn't reveal much else either. The fluid it was suspended in was an alcohol preservation fluid He went on to say that the cork was estimated to have only been 40 years old at the time of the test and that it was assumed that when the fluid was probably swapped out from what may have been formaldehyde for alcohol, uh, it deteriorated the sample. So 40 plus, about 40 years ago, someone decided to change the liquid in the meat solution and it fucked the sample all up. That sounds about right. Uh, The chunk is still safely tucked away in an apothecary cabinet in uh, TU's Monroe Moose Nick Medical and Science Museum. Since we don't have any genetic way to nail down if it really was a vulture puke, uh, we will probably never know what it is, honestly. Well, yeah, especially considering the sample is just jacked. Yeah, but... Goad, being a professor 
and a man of science did the next best thing. He enlisted. He oh, it gets. Holocult's going to love this. They're going to love this. All right. I I did this for you, Holocult. So if it pans out, you're welcome. You ate it? Goat enlisted a Cincinnati taste lab to create jelly beans based on the sample's flavor compounds. He described the flavor of the treat as strong enough that I would have immediately spit out any meat with that taste, with a lingering chemical aftertaste. In 2007, he solicited feedback from other taste testers at Mount Sterling's annual fall festival. Many compared the flavor to ham, some to lamb that is turned, and some pre-cooked bacon. Goad's favorite, uh, Goad assumed that the preservatives in pre-cooked bacon products might add the flavor to the bacon that matched the chemical taste that I tried when I ate the jelly beans. Goad's absolute favorite was a man who said strawberry pork chop as soon as he popped the jelly bean into his mouth. Goad said he had never heard of such a dish, and I quote, I prefer just to let that remain as some sort of a mystery in my mind so that I don't have to look that up either. Goad is happy to leave the matter of the Kentucky meat shower as a mystery. However, the most plausible is vulture vomit. Goad says, I don't think, or I don't know if I will ever think of it as a case closed, he says. I prefer to think of it as a mystery that was left open because it happened at a time when people didn't solve all things. So we do know that the samples came from torn pieces rather than something cut like at a butcher shop. So it was definitely ripped, torn, which kind of goes with the vulture. A little bit, yeah. They do contain tissues from lungs and cartilage, uh, which also kind of removes proper butchering from the picture, I would guess. Um, I guess... Yeah, I don't know. The vulture vomit theory kind of, for the most part, holds more water than any of the others, but you just have to remember, I feel like the moral of the story is to just uh, don't eat shit that falls from the sky. Yeah, it's obviously, that's that's a given. That's day one shit. Yeah, but... That's day one shit. Since I love you, Holocult, and I'm here to do you well, I hunted down Mr. Goad's email address. And I have since shot him an email to see if I can get my hands on some Kentucky meat shower flavored jelly beans. He hasn't emailed me back yet, but if I do, we might have a little taste and try at the uh, 40 and airwaves festival. Gross. (laughs) I'm not, it's not, nothing's in the bag. I just shot, I just hail married a shot to his work email. So I don't even know if he still works there. I hope it tastes like strawberry pork chops. (laughs) What a dope piece of history. If I can get a hold of that though. (laughs) It would be kind of wicked. I, I feel like some of the Holocult will try it. If, if, if I can get them, like I said, I shot him an email. I haven't heard anything back. I did it this afternoon as I was thinking about it. I'm like, you know what? What the hell? Let's see. If he doesn't, I'm kind of a little leery because he did it in 2007. I'm like, they're going to be some old beans. But yeah, maybe the Cincinnati lab still has the uh, recipe. Can make us some. Yeah, I hail married him. So we're still waiting to see. So if I can pull this off, Holocult, I'm going to be real disappointed if you guys don't try it. But that's the episode for the day. I like it. Uh, Kentucky Meat Shower. I like it. If you're, if you're not interested in the meat falling from the sky, go to Urban Dictionary. Check it out. That's a whole different meat shower. You probably don't want to be part of, but you might. You might. So. It might be a thing. <laughs> I mean, it's obviously a thing, but. Yeah, it might, it might be. might be yeah. your thing. <laughs> um, I don't know, Kyle. What do you think? You? What do you think? I don't, I don't know, man. I just feel like. I, I will agree that after learning. Vultures can fly in numbers that large. One could logically say that is the most logical answer. However, I personally feel like the odds have to be so crazy to get a number, a flock that big, 
that high. And they all almost legitimately puke at the exact same time. <laughs> I think you nailed it with the the once one pukes, they all puke like a school. That's got to do that. That's the only explanation. Like a school bus full of kids. Yep, that's that's where my brain literally was. We legitimately like, yep. had that happen. Like my fourth grade year, we went to Illinois Caverns, and on our way back, one person got sick, threw up in a trash can on a hot ass, dirty ass school <laughs> bus, and the whole bus started smelling. So the people were just passing the trash bag around. Just one after another. Oh, it makes me feel gross. Just rolling it. If anybody has any uh, theories on our old meat shower here, please feel free to shoot them to us. Uh, sorry if I mispronounce anything. Uh, yeah, wait till my next episode. It's whatever. We're going to get like 61 stars. Hell yeah. Saying you're dumb. Hell yeah. And it's just telling us what we already know. Anybody from Kentucky, uh, if your relatives ate the sky meat, hit us up. If you have any samples of the sky meat, uh, send them to us. Uh, If anybody was there. Be careful asking for meat to be mailed to us. uh, Yeah, that's probably some kind of biological uh, (laughs) no-no. But... Uh, if anybody was at the festival there in Mount Sterling and got to try the sky meat jelly beans, also hit us up. Please. Keep checking my email. He hasn't, I just checked right now and he hasn't responded again. Uh, he probably thinks I'm an idiot, so that tracks. You never know. But thanks for hanging out with us, Hollow Cult. Hope this starts off as another fun Monday. Check us out at all our social medias. Jump on there and buy that 40 in Airwaves ticket. We want to hang out with you. I might have some meat, sky meat, jelly beans. I don't know. Not promising anything. But until next week, stay safe. Stay weird. Please don't eat sky jerky because it's probably vulture vomit. <laughs>